up with them. Yeah. So we have come, a time where we get to hear from the word of God. And I pray that your hearts will be open to hear what the Lord has to say to us. So help me invite our preacher for the day, Alex Njukia. Thanks a lot, Lorraine. Uh, good morning and Buona Yesu Asifiwe. Breakfast. If you had breakfast and you are blessed, can you just lift up your hand and smile at your neighbor at least? Let me request that we stand up. Say hi to at least three, four, five people. Shake their hands. You know, give them a smile. Uh, let's, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Yeah. So they woke up in the morning. It's good to at least, you know, shake someone's hand, get to know their name. If you don't know, uh, you may not know where you will meet them tomorrow. Yes. Yes, okay, we can have our seats. Yes, I hope you are now happy. Hey, can we give a bigger amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. At least I go better, eh? Amen. Yes, I know uh, when, when we look into the issue of the world that we live in, I know when I, when I say password, uh, for many people it easily comes to mind that it is something that we need to do in order to get access to something, right? And our someone today is entitled the password. Uh, the password because at the end of the day, as we look into the issue of surrender this month as a church, it's important for us to know that yes, uh, as men, and when I'm saying men, please allow me to mean I'm using it in both ways, in a gender neutral way, uh, whether you're a man or a woman. But in the, in, the, in the common sense, we know that when it comes to men, uh, and the issue of surrender, many times we want to fight to the very end, uh, to the bitter end. Even when we know that at times we are fighting a losing battle, we'll still like to fight to the very, very end. And for man to accept defeat many times, or for us to accept defeat, it, you know, it actually calls on us to be humble, uh, to be broken at times. And... Uh, at the end of the day, to get to a point of understanding that if I don't let go, then I won't get the best out of this situation. I will not survive this situation. And more so, when you look at our lives as human beings, we struggle to relinquish control. We just don't want to give it away. That is why uh, many times when you look at our lives, when it comes to things like relationships or other areas, the issue of commitment is such a big, big struggle because we don't want to let go. And when we look at the Bible, one of my favorite characters is actually Jonah. I hope we know the story of Jonah. You know, when Jonah is sent to Nineveh, you actually find him being in the same situation that many of us at times are in. In that God is saying this, or God wants this. God's purpose for our lives is this. But, you know, that letting go just becomes such a big, big struggle. We just don't want to surrender. 
you know, and when you look at Jonah, he actually went through the same, same struggles. God tells him, I want you to go to Nineveh. What the Assyrians were, these people were crazy guys, you know, they were just violent and all that. They were enemies to the Israelites. And then God in his wisdom and in his love asks Jonah to actually go to them. Jonah has experienced the grace of God. He knows the God that he's dealing with. He is a merciful and loving father. And so when Jonah is sent, he actually probably has a sense of what God wants for the Assyrians. God wants to show them his love, you know, and he wants to extend his grace to them. And maybe Jonah, having come from Israel, he actually felt we are God's chosen people. Why should we share these blessings? Especially with our enemies. So you can imagine the struggle that Jonah had of surrendering. And at times, we tend to be in that same boat in our lives. And many times we struggle. Because God wants this for us. And in our lives, we feel this is what we want. And thus, it becomes a battle where this is what God wants. And this is what I want. Thank God we are not living in the days of Jonah where maybe God will send us, you know, be swallowed by a fish, be there for three days, and eventually be spat where he really, really wants us to be. But can you imagine the struggles at times we go through in our lives? Because we just don't want to allow God to take over all of us. It's as if we want to relinquish control in some areas while we struggle in some other areas. And I'd like to tell you this morning, if maybe you've gone through that, you are not alone. I've also passed through that phase of life. Okay? You're not alone. I've also gone through that. And it's not only once. We tend to struggle at times to give God control of our lives. And so the password is the someone of the message today. Even as we look into the issue of surrender. Because the password to success and attainment of God's will in us and for our lives is actually surrender. That is the password. Because without surrender, we cannot know God because the end of the day, you will find there is competition within us. And so God calls on us to surrender. When you look at the issue of salvation, I know many of us at uh, times we will say, yes, we are born again. And how many people here are born again? You are saved, you love the Lord. Just lift up your hand. It's something good. Do not feel shy about it. Yes, many of us are. When it comes to the issue of salvation, yes, many of us confess Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. And we also have many people in this world who are religious, you know, who know God. They attend every service. They'll go for every function. They'll go for many, many other meetings. But you will find that at times, when it comes to the issue of complete surrender, we tend to struggle with it. In that, yes, we have the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. But at times when it comes to the issue of when God wants us to do something, when God wants to fulfill his purpose for our lives, then that's where the battle begins. Because there's what we want and there's what God wants. I'd like us to go to the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. 
maybe as we do that, for the sake of those who may be visitors, since the last time I was here, my name is Alex Njuki, as you heard. I'm born again, I love the Lord. I'm married to one wife, Mojatu. Okay? And her name is Mary. Okay? Let me make it clear. Yes, her name is Mary. Steve. Thank God we, we are not yet there in Kenya, you know, where somebody will say they are married, but when you meet them, you get to realize he's a man, you know, but he tells you the spouse is Steve. And you are left wondering, eh? So let me make it very clear. Her name is Mary, and she's a woman. Buena yesu asifiwe. The world that we live in, uh, things are happening. And this is what the Bible says. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. But you find, before it comes to that, the fact that we know that God has a good, a pleasing, and a perfect will for us, a good plan for us, we then go through those challenges of becoming a transformed people. The Apostle Paul writes to the Romans and he tells them, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is the challenge that we face? The fact is that as living sacrifices, you know, we are told in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which we are told is our spiritual act of worship. One struggle that we will always have as living sacrifices is that when you compare with a normal sacrifice um, in the days of old, what will normally happen? You will take whatever is being sacrificed, be it a, a sheep, be it a bull or whatever, and it will be killed and laid upon the altar, Right? Isn't that what happens? <coughs> that is what would happen. And so once the sacrifice is on the altar, it is done. But one thing I say is that the challenge of having living sacrifices is that they can choose to walk away from the altar. And that is the everyday struggle we have as men and women, as the children of God, in that we have been called upon to lay our bodies as living sacrifices. But what happens? It reminds me of the things we'll go through as children. You remember when you'll be there that day when you've been told, get hold of the cock. That's what we're going to have for dinner or for lunch. We, we know that experience. And so what would happen? You'll probably have someone, while we are copper in the house, any lawyers in the house? Mko. Mko. See if you buy a kwam lawyer, but we're just saying, you know, at least when it comes to chicken, the people we, you know, they will give us a better example, probably than the one I'm giving. But we all know if you are to take a live chicken and cut its neck and let it go, it will surely go. Isn't that what would happen? And so what happens? You take and you probably step on the wings and cut the neck and you keep holding until the blood flows out and you're sure that whatever chicken it is, whether it was a cock or whatever, it is dead. And it's only then that you probably put it in hot water and pluck 
the feathers out. But what would happen if you are just to cut the neck and let it go? You will probably be left chasing a headless chicken. And you may not be lucky enough, depending on your speed, to have it for dinner. And that is the challenge of living sacrifices. In that God has called on us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. But the fact that we are living means we can easily walk out of the altar and out of God's will and plan for our lives. Tell your neighbor, you are a living sacrifice. Will you stay on the altar or will you run away? Ask them that. You know, what happens is that God, by his grace, has saved us from sin. And by saving us from sin, we receive the gift of salvation. Yet you find Paul in Romans chapter 6 and verse 17. This is what he says. But thanks be to God, though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you are entrusted. You have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. This tells us that because we are living sacrifices, then what happens is that the struggle with the flesh is real. There is what we know very well God wants. But we know these bodies, as much as we're going to heaven, we say we are still in this earth. What happens? The struggle with this flesh is real. This is what the spirit wants. This is what the flesh once and because of that god sets us free from the vice of sin into righteousness but what happens also on the other hand you find that even though we have been saved the issue of sacrifice comes in because surrender has not happened until sacrifice happens if the password is surrender then we need to know there's no way that Surrender is going to happen until sacrifice happens. Because we've been called upon to be living sacrifices. What does that lead us to? The call of God in our lives to offer ourselves as living sacrifices involves daily laying aside that which easily ties us. And that which easily pushes away from following God and his purpose for our lives. It involves putting our energies and everything that we have at his disposal and trusting him to guide us. Because many times we will struggle with letting go what we have and letting God take control. And that's the issue of sacrifice, the issue of surrender. Paul in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. If you have your Bible, you can please go there. Paul in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 demonstrates to us the extent to which we should be surrendered to the will of God. And this is what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body. Some uh, versions say the life I live in the flesh is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What Paul was saying is that when it comes to my life, when it comes to my flesh, when it comes to the desires of my body, they are second to what God wants to do with me. 
That is what Paul was saying. The life I live in the body, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Or I live by faith in Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. That is total surrender. To get and gain more of God requires sacrifice from us. It calls on us to lay aside our own desires and our own plans and say, God, take charge. And this might be a daily experience, a daily life experience in our lives. When we wake up and we tell God to take charge because it should be actually a daily experience, a daily surrender each and every day. When you wake up knowing my life is totally surrendered to God. And the question is, what does God want with me? Because as Paul writes in Romans 6, 5, if we have been united with him like this in his death, we shall certainly be united with him in his resurrection. In that if we are going to become one with Christ, we need to totally surrender. But where does the problem come in? The greatest challenge in life is this. Many times we don't want to surrender because we don't trust that what God has is better than what we think we have. That is where the struggle comes in. Amen? And this takes me back to more than 20 years ago. And I like to be vulnerable and just say what happened in my life. When I was, or rather, before I joined campus, I somehow felt God telling me he would like me to get into ministry. And this is what I said. I think I was in third form that time. And I said, God, if you'd like me to get into ministry, two things. One, I would like to be admitted to the University of Nairobi. Those were the days only 10,000 students would be admitted the whole in all the universities. Not 10,000 per university, but 10,000 in all the universities. We never used to have parallel programs or anything like that. So you, are either, you either made it or not. And we are talking of the whole country. There was Nairobi University, there was Kenyatta, there was Moy, there was Ijaton. Jaikuat was coming up, yeah, it was, it was there. But the issue was that to make it to the universities, you had to be among the 10,000. That was a challenge. The only private universities, if I remember those days, were Daystar and USIU and Baraton. By then, I don't know whether Baraton had been given a charter yet. I actually doubt. And uh, my prayer was this. God, one thing I would like to be admitted to the University of Nairobi. Secondly, I like to do political science. So here is God calling me. And here is this young guy called Alex who has his desires. Okay? Has his desires. And so what happened? By God's grace, I made it to the university. Actually, in our year, those who got the cut of mark, we couldn't even get to 10,000. Okay? You know, there's what the admissions board says. It is this. It is C plus of this. Those were the days, okay? We couldn't even get to 10,000. And uh, they said in order to, to help promote equality, they dropped the pass grade for, for girls to, by one mark. And so we went to slightly over 11,000. So one of my prayers 
or rather two of my prayers were answered. One, I was admitted to the University of Nairobi. Secondly, I had the option of choosing, and so I chose political science. And uh, I schooled, and my desire was to get into international relations. It was my life. Okay? It was my life. Was I born again? Yes. For information, I was born again. I loved the Lord. I even served in the CU in school. But there was that struggle of complete surrender. There's what I wanted, to do international relations and maybe move on. And I was praying, God, can I become an ambassador? But God had other plans. And what happened is, after being admitted to the University of Nairobi, I went and I studied. And everything was moving so well. Then got to about the last two weeks, three weeks before finishing campus. You know those ones of like, these are the last exams, and we shall be done, and we shall wait for graduation. And I remember at that time, my roommate, who had been my friend from, you know, when we were in high school, we used to have youth conventions. He was in a different church. He was in Buru, KAG. That time it used to be called East Assembly. It used to be right at the East Africa School of Theology. For me, I was in KAG Bahati. But we happened to be roommates, and we were buddies. And this is what he asked me. Alex, vile tunamaliza, sasa unapangaje? And you know what I told him? Ningependa kufanya masters, and then maybe, God willing, I wish I can have my PhD by the time I'm 40. But I'd like to get into lecturing for one, or into something else. But deep down, I had the Holy Spirit telling me, what about ministry? And it was brought back to me. And there, the battle began all over again. Why? Because this God's purpose for my life over this young man who says he loves the Lord, and there is what I would like to happen. You know those things of like God, see, to pick a deal. I'll go preach on every assignment I'm called to, but let me do my thing. And I'm telling you, surrender is not easy. I know I've shared this story with, with some of the people who've been here, but for the sake of the new ones, that's why I'm repeating it. It was a battle. And when my roommate asked me that, it actually hit me. Yes, we had a deal. Uh, God was impressing it in my heart. I need to get into ministry. But it was a big, big struggle. Because for me, I thought ministry was something else and all that. And the toughness that comes with it. And the poverty that comes with it, quote, unquote. That's what I thought and all that. It's as if I was telling God, if I become a minister, you're not able to take care of me. Let me take care of myself. And I will then do your assignments. And I'm telling you, after I left campus, I struggled with that call to ministry. Until it got to a time, you know, with the struggles. You know, those struggles you wake up to every day. It got to a time, and I gave up. I told God, okay, if this is your will for my life, you know very well, it is not what I would like. But I choose to surrender. Because somebody told me, it's either Christ 100% or nothing. And in the midst of that struggle, I told God, this is what I want. Allow me to do this because I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want things to ever get tough and think, did you ever call me or not? Did I imagine it? I wanted to be very frank with God. And what I did is I said, allow me to be like Gideon. Let me lay a fleece, not a physical fleece. Nairobi. 
ama kuna mtu unaja kuna mtu pengine ameweka okay and i told god let this happen and so i gave god my own fleece of if you've called me i like this to happen things that were beyond my control i was just telling god i don't want any mistake and do you know what god answered it in black and white and i knew god had called me and at that time i told him sawa and my next thing was this god now that you've called me I like you to provide the funds so that I can get into Bible school. Maku, I had already graduated, I had my degree and all that. If you are here and you're a firstborn, you know the struggles that go with firstborn children. You are expected to somehow help take care of your siblings. This is Africa. So you can imagine. And it was even worse because my dad had once said he wouldn't like any of his children to be a pastor. Okay? So nothing seemed to support that side. But I told God I have surrendered. And God in his faithfulness, when I went into Bible school, God provided doors for me to be able to be in school. I got into East, was there for two terms, changed and decided to do an MDV instead in a different Bible school. God worked it in such a miraculous way that when I was in Bible school, I was able to get married. You know those things you think cannot happen because you don't have money? I was able to get married. And by the time I finished Bible school, not only did I have, not only did I leave school after three years, having my fees all sorted, but my wife had joined Bible school. We had managed to pay her fees all sorted, and there was over 100,000 shillings remaining in my account for me to do anything with it as I wanted. We are talking of almost 20 years ago, not the 100,000 of today. Can we give a clap to the Lord? What am I saying? When you take care of God's business and when you walk in God's way, let nobody deceive you that God is not able to take care of you. When God calls you, he provides what you need to do his work. Because many times we struggle with that aspect. God, will you be able to do it? And this reminds me of the struggles that we go with in life as we look at the issue of internal transformation. The Bible says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our lives. This brings me to the story of internal transformation because many times we conduct ourselves in a manner that suggests that we are holy, yet we know we are struggling with the inner change. On the outside, everything is okay. We have the language, we have whatever it takes, but we know the struggles that we have on the inside. And when we are called to be holy, to be separated, what does God want with us? He wants us to be set apart for divine use, for his use, if you are speaking of surrender. It means that we are willing to be molded by God. It means that we are willing to be used by God for his purpose in our lives. The question is, do you know what is God's purpose for your life? What has God called you to? What is it that you are withholding from him that he like to use, but you are withholding? Is all of you for God? Or is there something that you are remaining behind with for the world? Because the mindset of the world is driven by Satan himself and not what God wants for our lives. 
God says we should not love the world. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, that's what he says. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has, and does come, you know, and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God, or the will of the Father, lives forever. God says we should not love the world because the love of the world is the one thing that keeps us struggling with complete surrender to God. When we think of holiness, we may think that holiness is limited to our external behavior. But at the end of the day, when we look into the issue of holiness, we need to understand that as much as we work, transformation has to happen from within. It has to come from within us. It's important to keep increasing, you know, whatever is inside, whatever will cause us to draw closer and closer to God, that at the end of the day, we may learn to fully, fully surrender. Because people may see the external, which looks very good. We may have the language, we may have these other things, but show that we are believers. But we may know that deep inside ourselves, we've not surrendered everything to God. Why? Because the Bible actually does speak about it. Because our weaknesses begin from the heart and the desires that we have. And this is shown in three attitudes. And the first one is the cravings of the sinful man. And this is the gratification of our sinful desires. The things that we struggle with. We know that this is not good, but we go ahead and we want to have it. It's like the moth that is attracted to the fire. You know, at the end of the day, the fire will burn the moth. But because of the light, because of the darkness, what does it do? It wants to move closer and closer. At times, that is how we, we behave. The cravings of a sinful man. We know something is not good, but we still want to have it. The second is the last of the eyes. And this includes the craving and the accumulation of things. When we bow down to the God of materialism, when we want to have the latest gadget, when we want to have this, even when it means maybe going into debt in order to have it, when we want to show the outside world that we have achieved, we are there. When the pressures that are there from the social media, you know, the influencers as they are, there, as they are called nowadays, when they want to show what is glittering and all that, without telling us that behind all this glittering, not all that glitters is gold. They won't tell us the struggles they go through and the sacrifices they go through and the things that they go through in order to show us that sparkling world. The God of materialism. That craving to have that which we don't have even though we know we cannot afford it. And that may tell us why corruption is such a big thing in Kenya. The last of the eyes, and the last one is, apart from the last of the eyes, is the issue of boasting. Obsession with one's status of importance. It is there. We want to show how important we are. We want to boast of how far we've gone. And that is how the world is. It wants to paint a picture. It wants us to get that picture that at the end of the day, you are not important unless you are there. 
And people will at times boast and boast of, and boast of things that they are not, that they may paint a picture to the outside world that everything is okay. That is the world that we live in. And when you look at the book of Genesis chapter 3, we actually see that Eve was tempted by the devil in those three areas. The devil comes to Eve and says, did God tell you this? And eventually, the devil tells Eve, if you take of this fruit, you shall be like God. Not only that, but we also see Jesus in the book of Matthew. He's tempted and Satan presents to him, you know, the three uh, temptations. But we see they speak to the cravings of the sinful nature. In that he tells him, eat the bread. Doesn't the, you know, doesn't this say, aren't you hungry? You know, eat the bread to fulfill the flesh, the desires of the flesh. Do this. Then he takes him up to the pillar and he's able to look and see the world and tells him, if you bow down to me, I will give all of this to you. Jesus was also tempted in these three areas. But we find that God, by his grace, has given us the power to resist. He's given us the understanding and he's given us the wisdom to counter this temptation. And this comes through self-control. When we can learn to say no to the power of sin in our lives. It also comes in through generosity. Whereas the world, you know, pushes us to want more and more and to get it and to sit down on it. God calls on us to give. And the Bible tells us it is more blessed to give than to receive. In that we are called upon to be givers, not just receivers. And the other thing that we can do in order to overcome this is through humility. When we choose to humble ourselves despite how far God lifts us. And the Bible says, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and you will do what? He will lift you up. One thing I can tell you is that after I said no to myself and I surrendered my life and I told the Lord, yes, I surrender. And I went to Bible school and all that. I can assure you, never have I slept hungry. The times I've slept hungry, let me just make this clear, is because I was fasting. Not because I lacked. Praise the Lord. Not because I, I lacked. Because the struggle was, God, what if I go into ministry and pastors seem so broke? What will happen? Will things stop in my life? But I can assure you, God has taken better care of me than I could if I was taking care of myself. God has provided. All those things that I dreamt of, that maybe I wish I could have a car, I wish I could do this, I wish I could live in a good house, I wish I could travel the world. God has opened doors to all of those things and he's shown me that when I surrender to him, he will provide and he will fulfill the desires of my heart. And thus I can confidently tell you from experience, when you surrender to God, it does not mean that he will not take care of your business. The question is, are you willing to surrender? Because God is able to take you to the next stage of your life. And as I come to the end, I'd like to tell you that we need to ask ourselves what values are most important to us. 
And do our values reflect worldly values? Or is it godly values? I'd like to ask you those questions. What values do you hold on to? Do they reflect God or do they reflect the world? You can surrender your struggles to Jesus. And at the end of the day, he's able to give you the strength and give you what you need to make it through. Because you can trust Jesus to lead you to the eternal values that do not change. Because the world will always shift its goalposts. And so it will be difficult for you to meet them. It is a bottomless pit where you chase this and you chase this and you chase this. And yet you do not get the fulfillment. But in Christ, whatever you need shall be taken care of. As you come to the end, I'd like to give the story. There was a lizard that desired to cross a big river. And as it desired to cross the river, you know, there was a bridge. But on this bridge, you know, some bridges have big gaps between them. And so when the, when the lizard looked at the river, because the river was very, was very deep, the bridge was very high, the lizard wondered, how will I make it? Because I cannot be able to leap from one step to the other. Okay? And as the lizard lay there struggling, desiring to cross to the other side, which is where whatever it needed was, the food and all that. As it desired to do that, and as it wondered what it was going to do, because it couldn't cross the bridge, neither could it go through the river. Okay? The, 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 the cliff was very deep, or rather the edge, the river bank. It wondered what it shall do. And so it was there struggling. And as it struggled and wondered what next, it could see the insects flying the other side and desiring the meal, but it knew it couldn't have it unless it crosses over. As it lay there about to give up, an elephant came along. And as they had a talk, a chit-chat, the elephant told the lizard, get onto my leg and get up here, and I'll carry you through to the other side. But you know, because of the weight of the elephant, uh, with every step that the elephant shook, took, rather, the bridge swayed and the bridge shook. But eventually they crossed. You know, elephants are not in a hurry. And it crossed over to the other side. And when it got over to the other side, the lizard came down, happy it could have whatever it wanted. And he told the elephant, did you see how we shook that bridge? And at times, as you speak on the issue of surrender, we may be on that riverbank wondering, God, do I lay it all down on your feet? You're calling me to surrender so much. But can I trust you to take me across the bridge? And I'd like to tell you this morning, I think it's still morning, we still have a minute to go. I'd like to tell you this morning, God is able to carry you through and he'll do it in such a mighty way that when you get to the other side, you can actually look back and say, did you see how we shook that bridge? Yet knowing very well, it is not by your might or by your grace, but it is by his grace. I like to tell you, God is able to take care of you. If only you are willing to say, I give it all to you. And as we end this morning, what is it God calling upon you to surrender? What are those things that you are hanging on to? You feel God is leading you into a certain way, but you're struggling in your heart because there's what you want to do, 
and there's what you feel deep down in your heart that God is calling you to do? What is it that God is asking you to surrender today? Is it that relationship? Is it that career path that you feel this is what I would like to? And God is telling you, no, this is what I want for your life. You may even be there, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet you're struggling every day. God is telling you, I want you to surrender your life to me. As you think about those questions, I'd like us all to just bow down our heads. Let's close our eyes and let's just bow down our heads. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be there this morning. And I'd like to give you all just some two minutes and I'd like you to ask yourself, what am I holding on to? What values am I holding on to? Are they worldly values or are they godly values? You are there and you are struggling in your heart. God is telling you or God is calling you into something and you are struggling to surrender. Maybe God is even calling you to serve in one of the ministries here in Ifront Runners. But you have been struggling with saying yes, Lord. God is calling you to lead a certain ministry. God is calling you to serve in a certain area. God is calling you to surrender your life to him completely, but yet you're struggling. If you're there this Sunday on the 12th of June and you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus and you feel today God is telling you, surrender, return to me. You're not, you're not born again. You've never surrender, surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus and this morning you want to say, God, I surrender. You want to invite Christ into your life and with every eye closed and with every head bowed, if you're there, and you feel God is calling you to surrender, just lift up your hand if you've never surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus. And this morning, you want to invite him into your life to be your Lord and Savior. We wouldn't like to close this service before giving you that opportunity to be reconciled back to God. You're there, you're not born again. And this morning, you want to say, yes, I want to surrender my life to the Lord Jesus. Just lift up your hand. And we're going to sit and we're going to pray together with you. Remember, this is a personal decision. This is a purely personal decision. You are there, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus. And this morning you want to say yes. Just lift up your hand and put it down. We are going to sit and we are going to pray with you. You'd like to say yes, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. Is there anybody? You're not born again? And this morning you want to say yes, I want to receive Jesus. Just lift up your hand and put it down. It may be a struggle. It may be that struggle that you're having in your life right now as you struggle to say, yes, Lord. Are you there? You may also be here this day and maybe there's an area in your life that you've been struggling with. You want and you feel the Lord calling you to surrender your life to him. Yes, you are born again. You've given your life to Jesus. But you know there is something that God is telling you, lay it down at the cross. Whatever it is, this day you want to say, I surrender it. You want to say, God, use me as you want. If you are there, just lift up your hand and we're going to pray together. You've been having this battle. Yes, thank you. You've been having this battle of surrender. Thank you for those hands. Is there anybody else? Yes, thank you for those hands. You are there, you've struggled. And this morning as we pray, I want you to take a minute and I want you to just mention that area to God that you feel God telling you, yes, 
I want to surrender, return to you. I want it to come from you because you know what you're struggling with. Even if you're there and you never lifted up your hand and maybe you're feeling that, yes, you want to surrender, just do that. Can we just get into prayer? Our Lord and our God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you. We thank you that you've called upon us to live our life of surrender. We know according to the book of Jeremiah 29, 11, you say you've got good plans for us, good plans for our lives. Yet, Lord, we struggle with letting go. This day, we want, like Paul, to say that we surrender and the life that we live by faith, we live in you, Christ Jesus. We live by faith in you, Christ Jesus. Lord God Almighty, I want to thank you for each and everyone who's lifted up their hand this day. You know them, O oh Jehovah God. You know the areas that they're struggling with. And Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus, may you come through for them. That those that you've called to serve you in different areas, that those that you've called upon, Lord, to surrender different things in their lives, the desires of the sinful nature in other areas. And I pray that our Lord and our God this day, may you give them the strength and the courage and the grace, Lord, to walk in total surrender, to walk in humility, the grace to say, I give it all to you. I give it all to you. For you are my Lord and my Savior. Lord, I pray, may they see your hand at work in their lives to the glory and honor of your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we do pray and believe. Amen. Amen. So this time I'd like to call upon my sister Lorraine to just come and close for us. appreciate Alex. Thank you um, for the word. Though it has come a time where we get to go home and may rise to our feet to say the words of grace. May their grace, our Lord, be